Well, if you have your Bible, your Bible app, you want to open it this weekend, we're going to start a new series. Uh, I invite you to join me in your Bible to Philippians chapter number 4. The new series, and we're going to be looking at it all month long, and the verses in Philippians, we're going to be looking at the same verses all month long. We're going to do a a deep, drill-down examination of these New Testament verses. And I, I want to speak on the subject, firewall, gratitude guards heart. Gratitude guards the heart. And our firewall is gratitude. You know, you have a firewall probably on your computer, your electronic devices, and it's to protect your identity, your data, and your information. Because there's some nefarious person out there that wants to steal it, corrupt it, or or somehow uh, mess up your whole system and could mess up your whole life. So you have a firewall to protect it. What I want to suggest is gratitude is the firewall that protects our heart. Yes. Americans today are in this insatiable search for this elusive place called being happy. Being happy. Do you know that there's actually a town in Texas, North Texas, called Happy? Yeah, Happy, Texas. A little over 600 people live in Happy, Texas. And I began to just research on it, and here's what I found. I found if you're in Happy, Texas... You can live on Happy Street. You can graduate from Happy High. Yeah, it's a real place. It's a real high school. <laughs> happy High. Yeah. Uh, you, you can bank at the ATM at Happy State Bank. Isn't that something? But you know what? Since the 2010 census, the population's been going down. You'd think that everybody would want to move too Happy. But I also found out, guess what? They have a jail there. Not everybody's happy and happy. <laughs> People divorce and happy. People go to jail and happy. You see, happy is not a place you go to. Happy cannot be bought on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Happy is that elusive place. You know, even, even in Snow White, happy has to sleep between dopey and grumpy. I mean, that is life. That's, that's life. Uh, And we often think being that happy people are grateful. But in reality, grateful people are happy. We have it wrong. We think you have to be happy in order to be grateful. And in reality, it is grateful people who are happy. Gratitude is that spiritual quality from our heart that recognizes God's best. Happiness is not a place or a pile of stuff. Happiness is a condition of the heart. And I want to say today, happiness is available to every one of us. How do we get there? Through gratitude. And gratitude guards the heart. This weekend, I want to talk about don't get hacked. This weekend's message I've entitled, Don't Get Hacked. And many of us in the room, your heart, your hopes, and your faith has been hacked. You've been hacked by ingratitude. You're you're in a mindset and a mentality and an attitude right now. You're complaining about things. You think you have the worst this and the worst that. Your, Your heart, your faith, your hopes have been hacked by ingratitude. How do you know if you've been hacked? Well, probably you're hacked off most of the time. 
And, and some of us slack off. Some of us drop off. Some of us, some of us cut off other people. Any time in life where we're, we feel less energy, less hope, less optimism, and the thing we prayed God to give us, that job you prayed God to give you and you thought it was a blessing, the home that you're in, the, the family that you have, you prayed that God would give it, and then later on you're complaining about it and wish you didn't have it. Ingratitude has hacked into your heart, your hopes, and your faith. And ingratitude, ingratitude will always take you to the place of, of checking out, of, of shutting down, pulling away from others, and just getting despondent in your faith. And you, be, you get to off by starting with if. Let me put it this way. If you're iffy today, you'll be offy tomorrow. Iffy today, offy tomorrow. Ingratitude speaks the language of if. Ingratitude speaks the language of if. If I had a better family, if I made more money, I would be happy. If I had a new car, I would be grateful. If I had the new iPhone. Well, when you got the last one, you thought that would solve all your problems, but now they have a new one out. We're always in if, if this would happen. If my boss appreciated me more, if my boss gave me a raise, if, if, if. We're always thinking in the area of if. And ingratitude gets in our spirit and begins to spoil everything around us. There are side effects. There are side effects to ingratitude. The side effect to ingratitude is negativism. The side effect of ingratitude is negativism. You know somebody whose blood type is B, po B negative. They're going to be negative tomorrow. They're going to be negative the next day. They're going to be negative the next day. They're going to be negative about everything. They are, they are B negative people. Yeah, if, if, their, if their family was a TV show, it would be the, the Grumpy Bunch. I mean, they are just all the, all the time. Their, fair, their favorite character in, in Titanic is the iceberg. I mean, they are negative about everything. You know what I'm talking about? Just negative. Why? That's the side effect of ingratitude. But not only does, does ingratitude have side effects, it has in, in side effects. What are the inside effects of ingratitude? It's sadness. Sadness. When you cannot put your finger on it, it's not really this, it's not really that. And it's, you can't really put your finger on it and you just say, you know what, I'm just sad. It's ingratitude. So you, you, you can get like the hungry person up at the bakery window on the outside looking in. Everything you want or need, you can see it, but you can't reach it and touch it. And some of us, that's the way we are right now. Some of us, we look and say, I would like to have a home like that, or I'd like to have an attitude like that, or I'd like to be like that, and I'd like, we can see what we want, we just can't reach it. And that's because we have found ourselves, gratitude has taken us down the path of inside effects of sadness. Yes, there are out, outside, there, there are side effects, there are inside effects, there are outside effects of ingratitude. And that is criticism and conflict. So many times today, ingratitude is hacking into marriages. Hacking into the marriages. And, and people are, are ungrateful for 
and it's conflict and it's, it's, it's criticism. And the very thing they wanted and prayed for, they have, and then all of a sudden they become the, they become the critic of it. Can I tell you, ingratitude, it's a relationship destroyer. It will bring criticism, stonewalling, debate, conflict, arguments. It, it, it will just go on and on, and people begin to build these, these walls of opposition to people they have and people they love and people they care about. You see, if we're not grateful for what we have, there'll be a day you'll be grateful for what you had. Yes. People that are not grateful for what they have and then they lose it are later on grateful for what they had and wish they had it again. And the Bible teaches us that we don't have to allow our, our hearts to be hacked by ingratitude. And I'm going to invite you to go with me to the book of Philippians chapter number 4. We're going to look at verse number 4 and following. And we're going to see what the scripture, God's word, teaches, to, uh, teaches us about the firewall of our heart. How gratitude becomes that firewall. Verse number 4 of chapter number 4. And we're going to read down. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Not just sometimes, just not on holidays, just not on your anniversary, just not when you get a payday. No, rejoice in the Lord always. And just in case you don't get it, he's going to say this. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And... And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard. There's your firewall. It will firewall your heart. It will guard your heart. God's firewall comes from gratitude. If you will do it with thanksgiving, here is His promise, it will become your firewall. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now with this, let me just unpack these verses for just a moment. Okay? The verses sometimes, because of verse number 4, verse number 5, verse number 6, verse number 7, we tend to think of each verse as a thought standing on its own. Do you know when the Scripture was originally given to us by the Apostle Paul and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the other biblical writers, they didn't put little verse numbers and chapter numbers here. They just shared and wrote down as the Holy Spirit inspired him. It wasn't until the 16th century we put chapter numbers and verse numbers in the Bible so it would be easy for us to locate. And sometimes when they divided verses and divided the Scripture into verse numbers, there was an editorial mistake that was made. And I want to suggest to you we find one right here. It relates to verse number 5. In fact, there is a debate among scholars concerning verse number five the debate is does verse number five relate to verse number four or does verse number five relate to verse number six there's actually a discussion among biblical scholars which verse does it connect to i'm going to share with you what i believe to be the proper interpretation let's go back and read it i'm going to suggest the first part of verse number five belongs to the subject matter of verse number four the second part of verse number five belongs to the subject matter 
of verse number 6. Let's read it with that in mind. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. What is he saying? You need to rejoice. I need to rejoice in the Lord always. In every situation, don't complain at work tomorrow. Don't come in here and say, hallelujah, and then drive on 151 and shake your fist at somebody. No, don't do that. Don't come in here and clap your hand and say, I love the Lord. And then you go to work tomorrow and you're gritting your teeth. He said, I hate this person. I hate that job. I hate my boss. And, and all over social media, you're venting every gripe and complaint you have. Don't do that. Rejoice in the Lord always. And you need to rejoice in such a way that your disposition, your gentleness is evident to everyone around you. Everyone in the work, everyone in the family. When everybody else is upset, everybody else is angry, everybody else is venting, everybody else is telling their, their gripe in society, you're rejoicing in the Lord and telling the good things at all and people around you saying, I don't know what is different about you, but there is something. Your gentleness is known to all people. That's what he's teaching us. Then the latter part of verse number 5 belongs to verse number 6. Continue with me. And to help you understand that, insert one word in your thinking. It's the word because. Let's read it. Middle of verse number 5. Because the Lord is near. Follow with me. Because the Lord is near, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Because the Lord is near... You don't have to be anxious. Now I have to tell you another thing. That phrase, because the Lord is near, scholars are wondering, what does that mean? Does that mean God's abiding presence, God is near you, His abiding presence? Or does it refer to the coming of Jesus Christ? Which one, when He is saying the Lord is near, does it mean His abiding presence that walks with us every day? Or does it refer to the coming of the Lord? I'll answer that for you. There is a law in biblical interpretation called the law of double reference. The law of double reference, which states some passages of scriptures in the Bible have a meaning for the moment, but have a prophetic meaning in the future. And I want to suggest this is one of them. It has the law of double reference applying to it. It means this, because God is near you. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be angry. Don't be frustrated. Don't be agitated. God's going to be with you. God's going to be with you tomorrow when you drive to work and you walk in and things are not the way you want. God's going to be with you tomorrow when you wake up and you're going to have a pain and an ache in an area. God's going to be with you when you try to pay that medical bill. God's going to be with you when you take that final exam for your master's degree. God's going to be with you as you raise those kids. And when they go to school, God's going to be with you. And when they go into middle school, God's going to be with you. And when they leave your home, God's going to be with you and God's going to be with them. God's going to be with you on payday and God's going to be with you on every day. God's going to be with you. Don't be upset. Don't be worried. Don't be frustrated. Don't let circumstances pull you down because every moment you have, God is with you. But not only that, He is near at hand. 
Don't get so caught up that you don't have the new technology or this is going on or you had a setback here or this didn't work because you know what? There, Jesus is coming and the stuff that they're trying to do to you and the stuff of this world, you're going to leave behind when the trumpet sounds. You're not going to take all that stuff. You're not going to take that overdraft account. You're not going to take that land. You're not going to take that property. You're not going to take those headaches with you to heaven. God is going to deliver you from all of that. That's what he's teaching us. He's teaching us it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going to happen to you. Can I tell you, our hope is not just in the sweet by and by. It's in the old nasty now and now. Yes, God is saying we can rejoice at all times. And that's what he's teaching us here. We, we don't have to be hacked by ingratitude. And there are two thoughts I want to leave with you today. Two thoughts. Two thoughts that show us how we can keep from getting hacked. Number one, we are responsible for our attitude. We are responsible for our attitude. I'm not responsible for your attitude. You're not responsible for my attitude. I'm responsible for my attitude. Verse number four, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your, let your gentleness be evident to all. We are responsible for our own attitude. Do you know, if bad attitude was an Olympic sport, you know somebody would get the gold medal, don't you? Yeah. When I said that, you even have a picture in your mind who that is. Yeah. They, 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 they have perfected bad attitude. Do you know it's possible to get in an attitude rut? Yeah. You can have a bad morning that turns into a bad day. And then it can turn into a bad week, a bad month, a bad year, and a bad attitude. It starts with a bad morning, and we feed it. In the area of leadership, they tell us that you, you, if you will get into a zone, you will go to a flow. That's leadership language. But that's both positive and negative. If you get in a zone, you get in a zone of complaining. You get a zone of negative. You will get in a flow of bad attitude. You'll, you'll start seeing problems in everything. You won't like the weather. You won't like the streets. You won't like this. You won't like, you won't like your life. You won't like it. You will just begin to go down this pathway of everything is wrong in life. We can just kind of pick up that bad attitude and everything. And the Apostle Paul, when he told us here, he said, Rejoice in the Lord always, but in every situation... In every situation. Do you know he was not at Corpus Christi on the beach? Yeah. He was not in a timeshare. He, he was not at a resort. He was not on a long weekend va winter vacation. Do you know where he was at? The book of Philippians is known as being a prison epistle. He was put in prison for preaching the gospel. He was doing what God said. And as a product of doing what God said, he was put in prison, a prison epistle. And here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. I can't control my situation, 
but I can control my attitude. They can put me in bars, but guess what? They cannot silence my spirit and they cannot take my joy away. I will not be controlled by situations and circumstances. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. I may not be where I want to be, but I cannot control where I'm at. I'm not responsible for my circumstances. He said, I am responsible for my attitude. And he said, I will maintain in every situation, in every situation, I will maintain a spirit of joy. I want to suggest to all of us to put your attitude on a diet. Can you do that? Put your attitude on a diet. Well, I'm saying, quit eating sour grapes. <laughs> quit feeding your mind all your complaints. Have you ever stopped at a, a red light and you see the person next to you? You know they're not singing. They are they're chewing somebody out, somebody out, and but there's no one in the phone, and they're not on Bluetooth either. You know, you, have you ever seen that person? They're just practicing their aim. They're practicing. They're venting in the car all alone. You ever see you know what I'm talking about? They're just, they're upset. We, we need to quit feeding our mind all of this. Because if you chew on bad things and complaints and feed on sour grapes and everything that's negative, you'll have a, you'll begin to be a bellyaching person. Yes. About everything. About everything. And it's so easy to get caught into that. Some of us, some of us, we're addicted to chill pills. We've taken so many of them. Yeah, your nickname is Chilly Willy. I mean, you've taken so many chill pills because you're upset and you're venting all the time. But the Bible tells us rejoice in the Lord. That's the key. You don't rejoice that you're having job problems. You don't rejoice because the battery went out on your car you don't rejoice but the washing machine is is about to wear out you don't rejoice that your your teenagers sash you you don't, you don't rejoice for that but in everything in every situation you find joy and you latch on to that you don't live in the remorse the problems and the the issues and god is saying this is not a little refrigerated decal you put on home this is something you get in your heart you're in jesus in jesus can i tell you circumstances do not have to control you circumstances do not have to manage who you are circumstances don't have to be the dominant thing in your life in Jesus, we are different. In Jesus, we live above it. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord for what God is doing. Don't let life control you. Determine right now in the Lord. I have a reason to rejoice. I have a reason to say I'm not going to be controlled by circumstances. I'm not going to be controlled by, by dominant and, and by difficult people. We can do it. Control your own attitude. Change your own attitude. You can't change circumstances, but you can change your own attitude. And number two, I share with you, increase gratitude to improve your attitude. Increase gratitude to improve your attitude. Here's what the Scripture says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'm going to tell you again, rejoice. And if you'll do it all the time, guess what? Your gentleness will be evident to all. Guess what? Because the Lord is near, you don't have to be anxious about anything. 
but in every situation by prayer and petition. Here it is, here it is. Prayer and petition with, with thanksgiving. There's where we, there's where we drop the ball. We all pray prayers over our concerns, our stresses, and problems. We're just not doing it with thanksgiving. You know, God is saying, God is saying he's not going to answer prayers that become a gripe session. God's not going to answer prayers that are a whining session. God says the prayers that he is going to guard are those with thanksgiving. That's what we do. We, we're at this moment where we've got that difficult person, that person that just irritates you, that person that, that just rubs you the wrong way. They're, they may be rude and vulgar and, and difficult on the job. They're the most challenging person you've, you, you've ever, and you pray about it. You say, oh, God, just, God, just, just kill him, Lord. Just take him down. <laughs> I, think we're, I think the earth would be better and heaven would, Lord, and just, just get him out of here, Lord. Just get him out of here. And God is saying with thanksgiving, you see, until I'm grateful for it, I haven't found God's purpose in it. Yeah. And there's some things God says, it's there to teach me and some things are there to teach me to trust him things happen that that don't seem right and don't seem fair and god says in this you're going to teach you're going to learn to trust me i'm going to teach you that and you take the most difficult and you're saying god thank you for the moment for me to regain my trust in you i've gone astray god i i've wandered off but you've You've allowed this and introduced this into my life. I'm not thankful that it happened. I'm thankful that you're going to use it. And it's going to draw my heart back to you with thanksgiving. And here's what the scripture says. That if you'll do that, verse number 7, then the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard. There it is, will guard. He will firewall your heart. He will firewall your heart. If you will do it with thanksgiving, here's what God's promise. I will firewall your heart. I will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Yes. If we will increase gratitude, it will improve attitude. Don't say when my attitude is better, then I can be great. No. Start with gratitude and it will influence your attitude. Just a moment. Please stay with me. Please stay with me. Don't, don't leave yet. I, I want to lead you into a, a prayer moment. I want you to be a part. I want God to speak to your heart. And this may be the most important five minutes of the service right here. But for just a moment, for just a moment, I want you to consider your heart. Your heart. Everyone, our heart is a bank. B-A-N-K. Oh, a bank. Your heart, my heart, your heart is a is a bank and this bank gets deposits and this bank gets withdrawals there are deposits that are made in the bank of the heart and there are withdrawals and debits that come upon the bank of the heart do you know by just coming to church today guess what a deposit is made into your heart through worship when you lifted your hands a deposit was made into your heart when you read scripture and you, you just kept your heart open as many of you just so, just so responsive and just 
engaging God's Word. There's a deposit in your heart. When you, when you have daily devotion through the week, you're making a deposit in your heart. When you turn off that negative talk radio and you put in worship music, that's a deposit, a daily deposit into your heart. Your heart is the bank. And there are all these deposits. But let me say, let me say with it, life is going to make withdrawals. Life is going to make withdrawals. Daily, there's going to be these small withdrawals. And it may be a stress. It may be, it may be a demanding moment. And it may be a, a, a computer issue that happened. And all of a sudden, three hours worth of work has to be done all over. And you have to stay later. And you make a call. And the, the other spouse has to pick the kids up and do supper because you just got... It's a small, but it's a, it's a withdrawal from the heart. It happens. Then there's that person that's difficult and that, that person that you have a strained relationship with. That makes, a, that makes a withdrawal. Then all of a sudden there's a little more withdrawals that are made and some of these are a little more significant. You start planning for the holidays and your Christmas money, you set it aside. And this is what you want to do for the kids and you, you, you dream to do for the family. But then all of a sudden, guess what? The washing machine goes out. And you have to take the Christmas money and you have to buy a washing machine. And no one celebrates buying a new washing machine, but it has to be done. And then you're scrambling and you're trying to make ends meet and just make it. That, that, makes, a, that makes a withdrawal. That makes their daily withdrawals. And there are these things that happen on the monthly. And then once a year, at least once a year, once a year, there's going to be this major withdrawal that's going to come into the bank of the heart. It's that phone call you don't want to get. A family member, they're going to they're go through a divorce or something happened and they, got a, they faced a layoff. Or perhaps it's even yours. You get a notice, they're downsizing and you're going from full-time to part-time and you're saying, but God, why? I've been, I've been faithful, I've tithed, I've believed the Lord and now I've got this downsizing and that moment is a pretty significant withdrawal from the bank of the heart that happens. This is going to happen. There are deposits and there are withdrawals in many of us in this room. Your withdrawals have been made and they outpace your deposits. Your heart feels overtaxed. You, your, heart feels, your heart feels like there's more that's gone out than's come in. Profound disappointment. And there has been a profound, significant, significant withdrawal from the bank of the heart. What does God say? Here's what He says. God says in every situation, in every situation, you don't have to be thankful for the downsizing. You don't have to be thankful for the difficulty on the job and having to stay over three hours and finish that program that got wiped out. You don't, you don't have to be thankful for a family member. Is having, you don't, you're not thankful for that, but in, in it, in it you're thankful. You're going to say, God, I don't understand it. That's all right. Because the Bible tells me in verse number 7, it's a peace which transcends all understanding. The good thing is you don't have to understand it. God takes you off the hook. God, wow, thank you for that phrase. I don't have to understand it. But here's what he said. Your prayer, 
your prayer, if you'll do it with thanksgiving, God will guard, He will firewall your heart. He will guard. Let me, let me use bank terminology now, the bank of your heart. If you will live a life of thanksgiving, God will give your heart overdraft protection. He will guard your heart. That's what it says. It's what God's Word says. He's going to give your heart overdraft. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you've got overdraft protection. There's nothing that's going to sink you, nothing that's going to wipe you out, nothing that's going to crush you and just eliminate you. And some of us need to know in Christ Jesus, we have heart overdraft protection in the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of going home and letting it chew on you or you chew on your family because of the stress, I'm going to invite you to just with thanksgiving, God, I'm not going to allow life to take my song. God, I'm going to thank you even if all I can thank you for is I'm going to trust you. Thank you, Jesus. I can trust you through the circumstances I don't like. Rejoicing. If you will increase your gratitude, it will improve your attitude. So with that in mind, with that in mind, balcony and main floor, I'm going to invite you to just bow your heads and close your eyes right now. Sets the sweet spirit of the Lord in here. And right before I move into this altar moment, there's some of us we're not in Jesus. You believe in God, but you cannot say that the phrase of verse number four, in the Lord. You believe in God, but you're not in the Lord. You have a belief in Jesus, but you've never given your life to Jesus. You never surrendered your life to the Lord. Your heart has been warming to God, but I'm going to invite you to make a heart commitment to Jesus. I'm going to invite you to Surrender your heart. Stay with me in the room. Stay with me in the room, please. This is an altar call, most important moment of this, of this service. And if you need to make a heart commitment to Jesus, on the count of three, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand. Because everything I shared with you today works only if Jesus is your Lord and Savior. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, it works. But it's, it's not a promise unless you have Jesus in your heart. And I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. On the count of three, if you want to make a commitment to Jesus, balcony and main floor, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Here it is. One, two, three. Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. For everyone that raised your hand, you're on the main floor. I'm going to invite you just to stand up and walk down here, and I'm going to have a word of prayer with you. Just stand right here. Walk all the way down and just meet me right here in the front. In the balcony, we have prayer team members in every aisle. If you'll slip out, and the prayer team will meet you in an aisle. Would you just step over, prayer team? Position yourself right now. But if you raise your hand and you're here on the floor, would you do me a favor? And join me right here. Just, just join me. Prayer team, I'm going to pray with them right here. I'm going to pray with them. If you'll get some materials. If you came forward, you let me pray with you. You come. You come. Yes. Please come. 
Join me all the way over here. Join me all the way over here. Yes. Yes, thank you. Please don't feel awkward. Yes. We do this all the time. We do all this, we do this all the time. I want to thank you for your response. In your heart, there has been a response moment. And you said, I want to have Christ in my heart. And God's going to honor that. And the good thing about God, He's made it so accessible. So accessible. If mankind was inventing it, it'd have 66 rules. There, there'd, there'd, there'd be duplicate copies of. But God made it so simple. For God so loved the world. You know, that tells me, God, in my mess, you take me just the way I am. You see, with God, you don't have to get better to come to God. You come to God and let Him work inside of you. And your statement today, your step here, is that. What does the Bible say that a making new life, salvation? It says this, you believe in the Lord. Do you know you're here because you believe? The second thing is that faith step. The moment you stood up, it was faith. There it is. There's only one more step. You ask the Lord to come into your heart. I don't do it for you. This is the one thing you do for yourself. Yeah, some people say, do I, do I have to tell God all my mess? No. <laughs> he already knows it. <laughs> he already knows it. But when you say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, come into my life. In heaven, there is a button called delete that Jesus Christ's blood paid for. And when you say, Jesus, come into my heart, God hits that delete button and all the junk is gone. All the stuff's gone. And God says, you're a new person in Christ Jesus. Wow. God's good. Can I pray with you? Can I pray with you? Let's just do that. An audience, I'm going to ask you just to join me in this moment. Heavenly Father, I lead these people in a personal moment, a faith moment. Whatever their journey is, God, you're fully acquainted. You know everything about them. You know the, the mistakes, the disappointment. There are people here that are severely hurt because they've been done wrong. Someone has yanked the rug out from underneath them and their world has crumbled. And they don't know what to do. They, they heard a pastor talk about being grateful and in their mind they say, there's no way they can be grateful for that. But they're trying to get back on a new path, a new life. And Father, they're calling on you right now. They're asking you to forgive them. They're asking you to let your son Jesus come into their heart. To just come into their life. They're, 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 they're giving over. They're saying, God, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm going to move from believing to receiving today. And inviting Christ in their heart. And you're going to honor that. You are honoring that. Lord, the mistake, the sin, the the failure, the wrong, the hurt, you're going to wipe that away. And they're new persons in Christ Jesus right now.
They're new persons because Jesus died on the cross that they could have a new life. And because of Jesus and because of their faith in you, God's only son, they're receiving salvation right now. They're receiving a new hope. And I pray, God, I pray over them. I pray, Lord, that a spirit of gratitude towards God will come upon them. Tomorrow they'll face some of the same challenges, but the difference is Christ is in their heart. Christ is in their life. They can now rejoice in the Lord. Not rejoice for what's happening, but rejoice in the Lord. And I pray and speak blessing over them in the name of the Lord. And I thank you, God, for their responsiveness to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. And based upon God's word, here's what it says. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you have salvation. That's what God's word says. And based upon that, Welcome to the family of God. I'm going to invite our prayer team. Our prayer team has something they want to give you to take with you. There's, there's, there's no angle in it, can I tell you? It's just material to encourage you and supplement the faith commitment you made it to Jesus today. Thank you for being with us. Congregation, thank you. Can I just invite us? Let's walk out of here with a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving. God bless you. Go in the love of God.